0: I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday.
1: Happy Throat Punch Thursday.
0: How are you doing on this fine day?
1: After the compliment I received today at work, I'm doing excellent.
0: Oh, what what compliment did you receive today?
1: So I had been handing out business cards.
0: Really? What kind of business cards are you handing out?
1: Cards that relate to this podcast.
0: Wow, I see. Yes, you can go to dirtsailor.co for information on this podcast.
1: Absolutely. And the compliment was how well we work together.
0: You and your coworker?
1: Absolutely. No, you and I, coworker.
0: Oh, what? We work well together? Yes, we do. I think we do, but I am kind of biased. Me as well. So one piece of big news that by the time this podcast drops, we are on a a smidge of a delayed scale, so I do want to mention such a huge piece of news that will be out there, which is the landfall of the hurricane in Florida. We are currently seeing it hit throughout the Gulf Coast, the Florida Keys are already getting pummeled by the outer bands and its exact direction is still in flux, but it looks like 300,000 plus residents of the state of Florida have been requested to evacuate at some either mandatory or highly suggested But you're looking at hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions, affected by the hurricane that is coming through.
1: Where do they ask them to evacuate to?
0: Out of the state of Florida.
1: Oh, I thought it was just out of Tampa.
0: It's out of the low-lying lands, and so the farther out that you can get, the better, because it could still hit in other areas despite the forecast. Aren't you
1: glad I talked you out of wanting to buy a house in the Florida Keys?
0: Excuse me? You talked me out of buying a house in the Florida Keys. Is that how that conversation?
1: That's how how this works.
0: Is that how you remember things?
1: Absolutely how I remember it.
0: I think you're misremembering.
1: I know somebody else that misremembers and he's running our entire country. Well, Well, have you seen
0: the gobbledygook that he comes out with? I mean, sometimes it's absolutely coherent. It's just crazy. And then other times you can't even understand the words that are coming out of his mouth. And I don't, it's not a mumble. It's not a lisp. It's not a stutter. It is not even close to anything within normal cognition. Does
1: that mean he's nuts?
0: I don't know if he, I think he's just in a state of mental decline.
1: Very much so. He's, We've talked about that several times. On I this mean, podcast. he is
0: the oldest president ever. And. It was pointed out to me that King Charles III, who was uh, made king the day his mother died, Queen Elizabeth II, and on that day that he became king, he became the oldest king to become king in the history of England. in their entire what is it, over 1,000-year reign that this monarch has had in England, he is the oldest, and he's still younger than Joe Biden. He's still younger than our leaders here in the United States.
1: So basically what you're saying is he will never be in command as long as his mother was.
0: No, he will not. She was in command for more than 70 years. She had her, what is that, platinum jubilee? She was in command for more than 70 years. So he will not be in command Unless somehow he's, I don't know, uh, we come up with the technology to live just a very lengthy time, which I do not foresee in his future, nor will his son, Prince William, be a monarch, uh, be a king, as long as Her Majesty the Queen. Because at 70 years, he's already over the age of 40, so he would be well into his hundreds. So,
1: he is in pretty good shape physically, though, so he might make it.
0: You never know.
1: Possible. So where are we going to take this dude this week?
0: So why don't we start off with something local happening here in Fresno County.
1: Sounds good. Let's do it.
0: So there is a couple who own a restaurant, and they have begun sleeping in their restaurant in order to ward off thieves.
1: Really, here in Fresno County?
0: Here in Fresno County. So they own a seafood fusion place, and unfortunately, crooks have just started hitting their place repeatedly. So in order to try and stop some of the crime from happening, they are now taking to sleeping inside the restaurant.
1: Where is the restaurant?
0: It is off of Blackstone Avenue in Fresno, and I... It receives four stars, good. Three and a half to four stars depending on the rating. But apparently the owner has complained to the Fresno police and she was told just to file a report online.
1: We'll get to we'll get to you when we can.
0: We'll get to you at some of the stealing is not that big of a crime. So now they have to try and stick around their restaurant twenty four seven in order to try and stop the thievery.
1: Well, that's very unfortunate, and that kind of stuff is happening nationwide.
0: It not, is. Not just
1: in Fresno County.
0: But one thing that I don't really understand, so we have something like that. They decriminalized stealing pretty much because they made it uh, over $950 plus is what you have to steal before they'll even think about doing anything about it, but even then... They, here in the state of California, they really even quit focusing on people who were stealing thousands of dollars in products. You've seen them go into uh, Apple stores, into other electronic stores, into phone stores, into high-end makeup stores, high-end jewelry, things like that. We've seen over and over, and the response has been, well, quit having nice things. Don't wear nice things. Don't go to nice places. And almost telling the, the business owners, uh, that's just how it is. That's like the cost of doing business is you should be stolen from and almost be happy about it. And that's like, the line the I always line.
1: use is now right is wrong, wrong is right. And as long as these people that are making the rules and regulations aren't affected personally, it's okay.
0: Right. And so another thing that's hit California really big in the theft area is the theft of catalytic converters. And it's become a, a widespread issue where car owners will find their their catalytic converters stolen. And pretty much there's, again, almost nothing that was being done about it because it's just another thing to steal. And uh, I believe it's taken to recycling centers. So people had taken to etching certain numbers on it, tracking devices, welding Plates over it so you couldn't easily get to it. Well, now, in order to fight the theft, California has implemented a new law to help with the theft of more than 18,000 catalytic converters in 2021 alone, that they increased the fines and penalties for the theft. So, my thought is, isn't it already a crime? And don't we already have penalties on the books for said crimes? So, okay, this one theft is really really bad and this other theft of the same monetary value is maybe kind of bad and then this third theft over to the side we really don't care like for now. Like the monetary value doesn't seem to be the issue because it's not as expensive of an item as other things that are being stolen but we don't see that special law being implemented for the other items. It's like, it's really, really illegal this time.
1: It's very, very, very bad. Well, it's an interesting thing with catalytic converters because you used to be able to go to a wrecking yard and you could purchase one off of a junk vehicle for 10, 15 bucks. There was not a big theft problem off of people's vehicles. When California instituted a law that you could no longer purchase them for use from wrecking yards, then the theft went through the roof.
0: So what would be the reason behind not being able to purchase from a wrecking yard? Because I've gone, I've personally gone to wrecking yards to get different items for a car. I mean, that's kind of the, the inexpensive way. It's still expensive, but inexpensive way to fix your car, especially considering how how the expense of cars has just gone up. So if you can do it yourself, you try to go get that, that piece to, to help you out. So why would they make that?
1: Well, I don't know if it's a direct fact, but maybe it was the auto parts industry that lobbied to have that stopped because there was literally thousands upon thousands of converters that could be purchased from wrecking yards. It's the only thing that I can think of. I don't know that 100%.
0: I mean, it's a logical like next step, a logical conclusion. And if you look at the average cost of them, I'm seeing ranges between eight hundred to twelve hundred dollars. So the fine of stealing one is on par with the cost of buying one. Because if you take eight to twelve hundred dollars and you average it, you know, just by those two numbers alone, you would average it a thousand. So a thousand dollar fine for a thousand dollar product. Th- yes. Where else do we do a dollar for dollar? Uh, yeah, buck
1: for buck. Yeah, it's interesting. One of my coworkers just um, had his converter stolen two weeks ago, and it was one of the thousand dollar ones.
0: Yeah i I just uh, why we make certain things crimes and extra crimes and really really a crime and.
1: Well, it's either who lobbies the hardest, or it is which law is easier to implement and to handle.
0: It's interesting that you bring up things to lobby about because apparently some of our, our lobbyists hit up California for a mandatory kindergarten law, and it passed. So this in the state of California, if you were not aware, kindergarten has never actually been mandatory, and it's still not to this day mandatory. It is suggested, recommended, encouraged, etc., but it is not required. It The requirement for education in California starts at first grade. So kindergarten was kind of the preschool of its time, but then everybody just kind of got used to seeing kindergarten, and then it was TK, and then it was, you know, we just kind of nudged it back a little bit, but as far as what is paid for, by the state, state-funded. Kindergarten is actually funded. It's just not required. Throughout the pandemic, parents started keeping their kids home and not enrolling them in kindergarten. So you had some lobbyists, some some are educators, and then, of course, our, our California State Senate and all of that. They decided to pass a law that said California should have mandatory kindergarten. And Gavin Newsom actually vetoed that. Really? Yes, he vetoed having... Boy, he
1: really wants to run for president, doesn't he?
0: Yes, I found that one to be really interesting that he would not just sign that into law. I mean, it wouldn't impact me, it would impact others because my kids are past that age now. But California will not be joining 20 other states that have mandatory kindergartens.
1: Well, do you know that School used to be for education. What's it for now? Indoctrination. indoctrination.
0: It's funny that you say that.
1: Roger that.
0: I, I, I don't know. Sometimes I think we're on the same page.
1: Quite possibly without notes.
0: So speaking of indoctrination, um, it turns out that California has a school with a social justice academy. So along with our Department of Education, you have norm, normal public schools and then you can have charter schools they are also funded with public dollars but a california high school that has a social justice academy is having problems with more traditional subjects which include math science reading etc it turns out that the social justice academy touted for 10th 11th and 12th graders in san leandro area the 3 year rigorous, and career-themed program led to a 19% pass rate for math.
1: Is that statistically possible?
0: Statistically possible, yes. If you don't teach math and then kids take the math exam and they haven't been learning math, because apparently the focus for these individuals, these high school students, 10th, 11th, and 12th, at this particular academy is learning about activism and during their senior year, the academy requires students to actually become activists. They have to develop and run their own campaigns, which can be local, national, or global. And they're encouraged to transform and, and do all of that stuff. They, they started the academy in 2006. They wanted to focus on basically social justice warriorism and the latest results have a 19 for the students 19% math proficiency 21% 21% science proficiency and that is below California's actual average of 30% in both math and science so unfortunately California already does really poorly and so the bar is actually very, very low. low and they're not even meeting that very low Bar.
1: So it sounds like we need to get back to educating our children with math, English, sciences.
0: Yes, and we need to, our funds, our school funds need to be focused on how we can lift people up. So if you are economically disadvantaged, because typically that is the argument that is made, that the low test scores are, are in economically disadvantaged areas, So we might not need to have, I don't know, more money thrown into a better sports program or more money thrown into how to be a social justice warrior. But perhaps if you look at the needs of the actual community, it could be better access to food, uh, better access to resources from after school, three o'clock to maybe six o'clock when when, uh, maybe dinner is supposed to be on the table. But if you look at the resources that are needed specifically for those students, it doesn't have to be a reading officer who's doing, you know, a reading club, but maybe it needs to be a one-on-one focus for each student. And we pour the money into the actual area of need. So if you're wondering where your next meal is going to come from, we can cover that because that will impact your education. Right? So, Doing social justice activism, money spent on that is not money well used.
1: Well, first off, let me start with this, and then I'll get to that. We are supposed to be the wealthiest nation on the planet. There is zero excuse, and there should be zero tolerance. I believe I heard somebody coin this phrase years ago, which is, no child left behind.
0: I believe that was under... Uh, George Bush, Jr.
1: Which that's a that's a decent phrase, but it should be no school district left behind. So that being said, we need to do case studies and go to the poorest school district in the nation, give them the top of the line teachers, the top of the line equipment, and food, whatever the whatever the young lads need. And let's run with it and see what happens.
0: right, because if we do what we've always done, we're going to get what we've always got. And right now that's failure. That's failing these individuals. That is a dismal pass rate, a dismal learning experience. I don't actually care per se about the pass rate of reading, writing, and math because sometimes the tests could not actually show what the people are capable of. But we are also seeing astronomical dropout rates. We are seeing people who are lost in the system, who aren't being furthered by an actual education. So we do have the opportunity to use the money and refocus. And one of the things that I kind of realized as the pandemic was going on, local parents complaining in the Clovis Unified School District about how Fresno Unified School District gets more money per pupil because they are they have more kids who are further disadvantaged in the Clovis school district. Generally speaking, Clovis is thought to be a more wealthy school district whereas Fresno is a less wealthy school district. So California does give more money per pupil to Fresno. But then to make up some of that gap that people believe is a gap, they then Advocate for bond measures to get money for property taxes to then fund these other things that they want to do in the school. So, if you are wealthy enough, you will still find a way to do those things in your district. So, reallocating funds, I have no complaint that Fresno is getting more money per student. They need it.
1: And if they need it, they should get it.
0: But if we're not using it correctly, that's another problem entirely it's an
1: easy fix for a clovis parent they can ask for and receive a transfer even into fresno unified
0: right and then they can get the very money that they're complaining, they're complaining that they don't about
1: have. absolutely there's a fix or they can just flat move into fresno unified's district and put their kids in a school there what was the name of that ship that burned up san diego
0: the USS Bahom Richard.
1: Bahom Richard.
0: Is it Bonhomme Richard? Bonhomme Richard.
1: We talked about that last week in this young sailor and how they're trying to pin this fire on they him. They
0: are. So after our talk last week, I actually wanted to dive in more. I know we talked about diving in more, so please go with what you have found.
1: Well, apparently the ship was not in ship shape.
0: It was not in ship shape.
1: Apparently, there was a lot of things being stored where they shouldn't have been. Yes. There was fire suppression systems throughout the ship that were inoperative. Yes. Or fire hoses flat out not there. Yes. There was two different divisions of people within the government that did their own investigations. And one found all this lacking. Yes. And recommended their course of action um, NCIS did their own investigation and they basically blamed it on this young man and that he should be prosecuted.
0: Yes. And some of what I was looking into was some of the failings of upper leadership and why, why it failed, I guess you can, why, why things failed. And so some of what I read was that the captain of the ship essentially ordered everyone off the ship would not allow anyone to return to fight the fire because you are supposed to be trained in fighting the fire and there should have been personnel there to help fight the fire and an individual now I didn't read if at the time he was an admiral or he became an admiral later but he tried to get the captain to order people on to try and put out the fire he tried to get other captains of other ships to help and they all just pretty much said no and they let it burn and so it took the San Diego fire department coming there two hours after the fire had started but after that point it it is when the gas cylinders were exploding, everything that was improperly stored, no, you know, everything that had been left a mess continued. And the firefighters actually had to uh, evacuate. And it was actually a good thing that they did. One of the firefighters warned that a compartment was about to burst and ordered everyone off the ship. And an explosion occurred that ultimately was heard 13 miles away and debris was uh, hurled onto a nearby destroyer
1: yes and the first group of investigators determined that the actions of 17 sailors and officers directly led to the loss of the ship
0: yes that is what i heard too that it was a a lot of um training issues that the uppers were not training but So another thing that we've talked about as far as ships being docked and they were going through a retrofitting of this particular ship is that they didn't have the same amount of crew members as they would normally have assigned to the ship. So that also led to a a lack of personnel to fight the fire, but then they weren't even training the ones that were there to correctly store and... Fight fires.
1: Correct. However, the NCIS, their investigation laid blame at the feet of a single young sailor. The true culprit, the one who bore responsibility for the billion-dollar loss, was the 20-year-old Ryan Mays. And it's interesting that the command structure decided not to use any of the original report from the first group
0: from the command it was yes. a, a an admiral yes it was a command investigation that was led by two or three star admiral i i want to say three star
1: also so. since they are taking him to court none of the information from the command can be used only the information from NCIS
0: that okay so that is very shady the fact that they would run an entire investigation and then fault upper leadership and saying none of that can be used. That's shady on the military.
1: It is very shady. And in the first court proceeding, the Navy has tried to stymie questions about its motivations and even to quash evidence its own officers gathered about dangerous conditions aboard the ship. The prosecutor, Captain Jason Jones, asked the judge to forbid May's counsel from presenting the conclusions of the command investigation. Mays, who now now holds the lowest military rank of E one, should not be asked to the court to view him as the fall guy.
0: Yes, let's blame the E one. I mean, I don't know what he was when he was busted down in rank, but let's blame the lowest person. Let's not blame the captain who had. Okay, I kind of. I want to go back to something we you mentioned which was that it was missing hoses, the fire suppression system had all these faults and holes and stuff like that. But if you're retrofitting, is everything working all the time? Did they just try to do too many things at once? This is just me wondering aloud. Too many things at once? Or were they really that inadequate? Like, oh, the hose is busted, but nobody checked it. They didn't run any any sort of checks on it. But the fact that you're retrofitting, what were you retrofitting? Why were you retrofitting it? Was this a part of it? Or was that system, you know, signed off as in 100% working order, which again, wouldn't fall to the lowest guy on the totem pole? No. It would not fall to the E1 or whatever he was before he got busted down in rank.
1: Let's dive into the 26,000 pages of records here for a second.
0: That they can't use? Or is that the NCIS's?
1: This is a command records.
0: Okay, that they can't use.
1: Correct. The investigators soon discovered an astonishing list of ways the ship was at risk. So many that cataloging the bad decisions day after day became depressing. The person involved in doing it said, For long stretches, all the ship's heat sensors, sprinklers, and other emergency systems were turned off. Investigators wrote in their report, On the day of the fire, just 29 of the ship's 216 fire stations and 15 of the 807 portable fire extinguishers were in standard working order. There was one officer that was in charge of making sure that all this stuff was still in working order while the ship was being retrofitted by civilian contractors.
0: Okay, are they saying that our, our lowly sailor went and destroyed it all? And so it is his fault
1: that he's the one that went and put all the lithium batteries and all the garbage and all the stuff all in one compartment.
0: Like everything where the, where he the fire
1: He's the man. He's the man that started so, it.
0: So, okay. So, if he did, in fact, cause all the damage to the ship, move everything to be improperly stored, and then lit the ship on fire, that's something, right? Correct. But if it was all properly, imp- sorry, all improperly stored, the hoses never existed in so many of those places. Like that, you don't notice your shipmate going around and completely gutting a ship's fire suppression system over and over again.
1: Well, I would assume that the commander is still in command of the ship even while it's being retrofitted.
0: I would, think so too. I would assume
1: that his junior officers still have a job to do on the boat. That they're not going to let their compartments totally get destroyed or stop doing their tasks because they are, in fact, in dry dock. Now, if everybody was out of the ship and it was the civilian contractors that were working on the fire system, that were working on the sprinklers, that were working on the alarms, and they were the ones that were negligent. That should bear out in this command report, which apparently part of it does.
0: It does, that it was inoperable from neglect, not somebody coming through and destroying it in order to make a fire. Correct, go even but this, this
1: is no different than somebody in a civilian court going to trial for murder or for something else, and evidence is suppressed. They're not allowed to present it for whatever reason.
0: Yeah, that's pretty interesting that you would not be allowed to present what the military's own findings were. I understand NCIS is on the the criminal side and the command side is let's look at the command failures or potential command failures. Where do we go wrong? And those are really two different things because you can have a need to investigate something that's ultimately not criminal just to find out, you know, what if there were any leadership failings and stuff like that. Well,
1: here's an interesting text that Mays apparently sent his division officer. He was complaining about having to live among contractors who were doing work that was hazardous as, and he says the expletive, you know what? A worker was welding near his bunk as he slept, and May said that he was burned by a stray spark. So therefore you had civilian contractors that may have not been supervised properly and doing things that could have potentially caused the fire
0: and something we talked about at in um a few episodes back was another ship that was out for retrofitting in which the sailors were required the low low on the totem pole like e4 and below were required to sleep on board while there was 24 7 construction noises so it would not surprise me if this is another case where you had to sleep while they were doing active construction that messes with your head so even i'm not saying he did do anything that he's accused of but even if he did do it after a while you break a person welding next to somebody's head and you let your commanding you know whoever's in charge i don't recall the rank his chief he let his chief know that that he was getting burned From welding next to his head or his body. And that, I mean, that was just another day. That was just one other day for him.
1: Yeah, they did have a sleeping barge next to the ship. So they had part of the crew sleeping on that sleeping barge. What's interesting that they also had an ATF investigation as well. Oh, for if there were explosives? The lead ATF agent, Matthew Beals, and his team of investigators had found no physical evidence... Anyone purposely set the fire. Yet, one week after beginning the criminal investigation, they preliminarily ruled that it was arson.
0: Even though military, civilian alike, doing retrofitting on ships, actively doing welding improperly stored products, gas, uh, oil, other, other products... With it being improperly stored and welding next to people's head and doing construction 24-7 to where junior sailors can't sleep, etc., etc., etc. Oh no, it must be the E4 and below's fault.
1: Well, it's interesting that this ATF agent bounced back and forth three or four times with what his probable cause was. And he concluded for a third time, or a third decision, he decided that it was arson however he follows the national fire protection association 921 guide that states essentially the fire investigation bible requires investigators to use the scientific method to determine cause you can't in the absence of everything else rule it was arson so they could not find any natural causes that it was electrical or mechanical or natural so it had to be arson very very interesting How this thing's going to play out.
0: It is. So in other military news. I don't know if you remember me mentioning Fat Leonard. Yes. So Fat Leonard escaped from his house and he actually fled. It turns out down to Venezuela. He was a Malaysian defense contractor and he orchestrated one of the largest bribes in U.S. military history. I guess they found him. In Venezuela, where he fled to before he could be sentenced. But I guess that wasn't his final destination. He was just trying to get through, and they ended up finding him.
1: And now he's requested asylum?
0: I'm sure he's requested asylum, much like Assange and Edwards. Snowden. Uh Edward Snowden did.
1: Well, guess what?
0: Snowden is now a citizen... Of Russia. Of Russia.
1: A presidential decree.
0: Oh, oh, probably because it was such a short time, time so period. So now
1: our secret folks, NSA and them, now feel that he is working for the Russians.
0: I'm sure that's a requirement of him being there.
1: I'm sure that any information he may have, he's already given it to them.
0: Yeah, so Snowden, for our listeners who don't know, he worked as a contractor for the NSA in 2013. He had worked in different facilities at different periods of time but ultimately he left Hawaii that's where his last facility was he left Hawaii and then went to Hong Kong from there he released thousands of documents on U.S. domestic surveillance programs and global security operations so some have said that he is Good for doing that, pointing out that the government was spying on its own people, and others say that he has uh, violated the Espionage Act and should be prosecuted accordingly.
1: That he's a traitor to the U.S.
0: Yes, that he's a traitor. Now, he fled to ultimately to Russia, sought uh, status there, was granted permanent residency, I believe, in 2020, and then... Is now a citizen.
1: So I believe that spies should be either executed or imprisoned for the rest of his or her life. Okay. However, what's that phrase we use occasionally? You don't know what you don't know.
0: Right. So what if he really did release information that the government was doing wrong? Is he the bad guy?
1: Or is our government not being totally honest with the American citizenry, and they're spying on us for different means to bring us into the collective or low-to-central government so one group can be in charge.
0: And only one group. That's That's what they want, whether it's here in the United States or even worldwide, because recently Democrats have been applauding other places that are giving in to the global collectivism So, kind of seeing that we're turning into, uh, what is that, One World Order? One
1: World Order, I was going to say that goes back to a president that I voted for. Actually, both of them, his dad and him, Mr. Bush and Mr. Bush, were both One World Order guys.
0: Were they? Yes, they were. Are they, I should say. And
1: most of them, the uh, Skull and Crossbone Society. Oh, yes. They're pretty much all One World Order guys and gals.
0: So, in other news of what Russia is doing, apparently, as they take over different areas of Ukraine, they are having referendums to make that area a part of Russia. And they are allowing teenagers as young as 13 to vote in said referendum to become part of Russia. Really? Yeah. So, I guess they are including teenagers ages 13 to 17 in the voting process, which is... They are minors, and if they are accompanied by their parents, they can go to the polling station. It's kind of
1: like a bait and switch, though, because communists don't really, really vote. They, no, they, they don't. vote, but it really doesn't mean a lot.
0: That doesn't mean what you think that means?
1: It does not. Do you know who Shannon Blant is? Should I? You should. I
0: feel like I should.
1: Because he is the guy who hit an 18-year-old kid with his SUV.
0: I didn't recognize the last name, but now that you have started saying that, yes, I do know who he is.
1: Yeah, it was Kaylor Ellingson that he hit and ran over and killed.
0: He ran over an 18-year-old because he was a Republican, and he held Republican views, and they let him out of jail.
1: Yes, according on $50,000 bond with no... Um, stay-at-home order or anything like that. He's free to roam. He just cannot drink alcohol or own a gun.
0: Right. Somehow murdering a teenager is okay when the teenager is of the political party you don't like.
1: Right. And apparently, and that that actually goes a little bit further, because he said that the kid was a MAGA supporter and was making idle threats, and he thought he was part of the corrupt part of uh, Trump's group. Evil MAGA
0: Republicans.
1: And what they're thinking it. He was just drunk and hit the kid. It was a hit and run. It was just a hit and run because shortly after he did it, he called police and said he had hit somebody with his SUV. So
0: Right. Well, apparently it was just someone that he hit, and then eventually he says that he was an evil Republican.
1: Right. A uh, former U.S. attorney has come out and said that the $50,000 bond is way inadequate, way inadequate, The bond should have been higher or he should have been held over or he should be under house arrest.
0: Yes, he should be.
1: Too much crime going on in America and we keep doing this zero bail and not holding people to account, letting them steal things, letting them stab people, letting them run them over, letting them murder them. And we're just just not holding people accountable for their actions.
0: We're not. It depends on who you are and what kind of accountable you get. And we see it all across the board. If you are socioeconomically disadvantaged, you're likely to be held to a higher account. Again, depending on your crime, because recently in the state of California, we've said it's okay to attack people on the freeway. We've said that it's okay to go stealing massive quantities of whatever you want from any different store, whether that's alcohol or makeup, jewelry, et cetera. You just see no police coming in, no arrests being made. And I believe California went so far as to say, well, if you're a part of a crime ring, then maybe we'll go after you. But if you're an individual doing it, we're still kind of not going to go after you. But what's right is wrong. What's up is down and left is yes, right. Yes, they're
1: giving too many people a pass.
0: Do you know who may not get a pass? We're still waiting to see if he gets a pass. Who's that? Alec Baldwin. Apparently, they're saying that a Santa Fe prosecutor may charge him as well as uh, three others for the killing of cinematographer Hutchins. For the wrongful death? Yes.
1: As they should.
0: But a, a criminal, so it'll be a criminal charge, not a wrongful death suit that a family would normally bring, which is solely about money. That your, your punishment is typically money, monetary. Amazing. So we've been talking about on this show when the FBI worked with the, the full DOJ attorney general um, Merrick Garland. So the FBI worked with the education department and others in order to label parents as domestic terrorists the FBI began investigating said parents as domestic terrorists. And in fact, an FBI agent has come forward, uh, went on Dan Bongino's show. So Dan Bongino did an interview with an FBI whistleblower that basically revealed his disgust with the department because they are in fact going after parents. They are labeling them domestic terrorists. And they are going after parents concerned about their children's education. Well, apparently they are also going after Catholics who are pro-life and who go out in front of abortion clinics to try and dissuade women from getting an abortion and try to give alternatives, other options. He, this particular individual, founded a group in order to, you know, tried to get women to see that there is an alternative. And I guess he got into a kerfluffle with another activist who was there to support abortion. And now both sides are claiming different stories, which is not a surprise, but the the Catholic father is saying that he went with one of his children there and a man was shouting very derogatory and crude things at the minor child and he asked the dad asked this guy to please stop and the guy got into the face of the child while shouting these disgusting things this is a claim and so the the dad then pushed the guy out of the space of his child and the guy fell and then ultimately an investigation ensued and locally they decided not to press charges or not to go through with the charges they didn't believe they had enough I guess the FBI decided that they would charge under what's called the FACE Act, which is where you um, cannot interfere with somebody wanting to go into a clinic. So it's the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act. And he was charged with attacking uh, an escort of one of the patients. Now, they're each pointing the finger. He attacked me, you know, finger pointing. But they decided that instead of issuing an arrest warrant, going and knocking on his door, he doesn't have a history with violence as far as we know, as far as it's been put in the public square. They didn't try to go to his workplace. They didn't try to go to anywhere public. There's all different kinds of ways to execute this warrant. They decided to come in with a bunch of FBI agents. The claim is that there was more than a dozen, and in fact some say up to three dozen, armed FBI agents coming to his home at seven o'clock in the morning to execute this warrant. And it was for a possible claim of pushing somebody over.
1: Of course they want to show force and they want to make sure that other like people see that on the news or hear it firsthand so they will back down and not continue to protest and not show their side of their feelings. This is a one-sided affair here. Because that actually just happened with a California dim rep recently by the name of Katie Porter.
0: Okay, yes.
1: She went to a fundraiser for herself because I believe she's running for office again.
0: Yeah, I believe she's a representative, so every two years. Yes. That was a constant cycle. She's always... Trying to get money, always trying to run. You're always yes. in and a, that Yes, a man
1: she was living with, I don't know if it's her boyfriend or whatever, got into an altercation with, quote, a Trump supporter, and he was arrested, her boyfriend, her live-in friend.
0: Because he assaulted the individual, correct? Yes.
1: So then she starts throwing all these expletives out there about how the Irvine California police are bad, they're dumb, they need to be disbanded, defunded. All the typical things you've heard from them over the last couple of years. So it's interesting that she is a former teacher, professor at a college down in Irvine, law professor. Yes. That taught a couple of classes that books were mandatorily required to purchase. And it just so happens that it was her book.
0: Okay, so for those of you not in the education field, it is very very common for upper level professors, even even at the bachelor's level but for upper level professors to literally write the book on the subject they teach. It is not uncommon at all. However, I'm going to put in the biggest butt for Katie Porter. Not uncommon, not uncommon at all, but, and the biggest but that I will put in, she has been advocating, she being Katie Porter, has been advocating for um, lower costs of student education. So how do you advocate for reducing the cost of student education when you've been part of the problem? You sell a really expensive book. You could have done that out of the goodness of your heart. She makes hundreds of thousands, at least at the time, hundreds of thousands of dollars for her work for four classes. I believe she was paid
1: $285,000.
0: Plus all of the royalties from the book. You're telling me at $285,000 you couldn't have open sourced your material for your students when you say that you want to lower education costs? You're part of the problem. Yes. She could have also taken less pay.
1: She is the problem because she's one of the ones that said that powerful people live in one reality and people like her live in another.
0: She absolutely lives in a different reality, not only with how much money she was getting paid, but apparently, apparently getting paid 200 and what did you say? 285,000? 285,
1: 285,000 for two classes in one year.
0: Apparently for getting paid the 285000 she only had to teach. It's two classes per semester, so four classes per four year. Four classes so total. Two total in a semester that she had to teach. And I don't know how long those classes generally are, but I would say devoting maybe 12 hours a week to the actual class time. So that's a pretty hefty... Amount of money. Now, I also understand that she had other things that she had to do for that money. But if you did not know, not only did she get those exorbitant royalties uh, for her book that she required her students purchase, by the way, she co-authored it with Elizabeth Warren, if you didn't know. I did know that. Elizabeth Warren also got some money for that, but something else the school did They helped her secure a below market price for a home. So she got to purchase a home basically under contract. So it was kind of a deal where she agrees to work so much for the university. And part of her pay includes the fact that the house that she would buy would be below market price. And then she had to work for so long. But apparently it's considered that she couldn't otherwise afford To live in the area and teach at two hundred and eighty five thousand dollars a year. Well, what
1: would be really interesting to know is if in fact she's one of the ones that had her student loan debt
0: also relieved. Yes. Well, because in the public sector, Biden was secretly relieving more than just ten thousand dollars. He was relieving in some cases all of the student debt that somebody at that public sector employees had that's
1: why his nickname is quid pro, pro quo joe. joe
0: quid pro quo joe yes so yes katie porter who is apparently really mad that the irvine police department would have the audacity to arrest somebody who assaulted another person then you have the fbi who go in with at least a dozen if not more officers. For a another claimed shoving match. Did they go in? Did the Irvine Police Department go in with a dozen tactically trained officers? It's
1: interesting how one party over the other, when they're in power, really, really show it.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So our,
1: we're on the left coast?
0: We are on the left coast.
1: Florida's on the right coast. Yes. Well, there's a Democrat there that's on the right side.
0: On the right side?
1: Yeah, a Democratic county commissioner has publicly come out and said he supports DeSantis for re-election 100% and will actually help campaign for him from now until the night of the voting.
0: Oh, wow. Because there's a, I believe it's the Miami mayor is leading the charge to investigate desantis for using state funds to help 48 people from san antonio fly to martha's vineyard so they want to stop any state funding from if you will re not rehoming but helping individuals move around the country
1: well if it's illegal to do that then the president of the united states Would be going to prison.
0: So they're saying that federally you can do it, but as a state you don't have a choice. If the feds put somebody in your backyard, you're required to keep them.
1: When you overwhelm a state with people that should not be here at the present time, it is the governor's responsibility to make sure that, in Florida's case, his Floridians are taken care of.
0: Yes, and just to be clear, this Mayor has actually supported sanctuary cities in the past. So it's kind of interesting that they wouldn't he wouldn't support sending people to sanctuary cities. But do you know who is suing DeSantis over the Martha's Vineyard flights, the lawyers? Who's that? So it's a Lawyers for Civil Rights, they're considered a non-immigrant oh. advocacy group. They have been backed By George Soros' Open Society Foundation. And they've received well over a million dollars from George Soros. So it is a George Soros-funded group that is out to try and harm politically. Well, he
1: should be arrested and thrown in prison for life for wreaking havoc, not only on America, but on the entire world. The guy is bad juju. He's a bad man.
0: Yes, he has used his money all over the world, and a lot of countries have run into big problems because of his activism. He openly supports, financially, he openly supports those liberals, Democrats in cities that want to either defund the police, not prosecute crime, et cetera.
1: Well, it's interesting that a survey was just done. And a recent survey of registered voters has shown that 51% of registered voters agree with DeSantis and agree with Republican governors sending illegal immigrants to sanctuary states of fellow Democrats.
0: I don't see why it's a problem. You said you are a sanctuary. Go to where you're wanted. Why wouldn't you be welcoming?
1: Well, it's interesting that he sent, what was it, 48, 49.
0: Forty-eight, I believe. Okay,
1: well, there has been um, in the month of August two hundred and three thousand border crossings and incursions south of our border. And you
0: can't handle forty-eight. You you're just you've just decided that forty-eight is too much. It should be illegal. You're not equipped to handle it. One thing I found really interesting about it is I have friends who want to see millionaires and billionaires, as they say, pay for their fair share. And I've heard this throughout the years. But when you have the sanctuary of millionaires and billionaire land uh, uh, it, thrown into a crisis with 50 people, Those same friends do not support having, like, do not support almost the requirement that the people of Martha's Vineyard help those uh, immigrants. Whereas all the border towns, they came out and said, like, oh, border towns are, that's their problem. It's not our problem. They need to deal with their problem. Don't send it to us, but they are millionaires and billionaires. So long story long, I have friends who... Really supported millionaires and billionaires. Don't practice what they preach. Doing their fair share, and yet they don't do anything except immediately round them up and send them away.
1: Well, you know how you can ask them to also do their fair share just because you pay your taxes before April 15th? You don't have to stop there. Tell them they can cut a check anytime they want and send it to the Fed and help out that way as well.
0: Oh, yeah. you. If you don't know, listeners, if you don't know, you can actually just cut checks to the Fed's. So all of these millionaires and billionaires who say, I would pay my fair share if they tax me more, they actually have the opportunity to pay more. They choose not to, so don't be fooled.
1: Well, it's interesting that you started talking about this little mini-subject here because I was actually sitting having lunch today and I was thinking about that. Not that in particular, but wealthy people in taxes and average people like myself in taxes. So who instituted taxes? personal taxes on their citizenry.
0: Was it FDR?
1: It was back during around FDR. The interesting thing is if these congressmen and senators really wanted to show their might and their muscle and make millionaires and billionaires pay more taxes, then you put a law before the president that says citizens pay. No, they no longer pay taxes. Corporations, which are owned,
0: Okay, I see where you're By going. By
1: millionaires and billionaires will go back to paying the taxes. Period. Done. Done deal.
0: And then the millionaires and billionaires pay their Pro- fair share.
1: Problem is, they're millionaires. A couple of them might even be billionaires in Congress. And that's not what this is all about. It's about power and control.
0: Yes, it is. It's definitely more, more control. And then we have... The evil people to look at, which isn't them, because they can constantly point the finger at the other evil people not doing their fair share. Because if you look at Elizabeth Warren constantly complaining that the millionaires and billionaires don't do their fair share, she's a millionaire. She doesn't pay her fair share.
1: Doesn't she help write tax code?
0: She has, and she's helped write bankruptcy laws, and then she helped corporations get out of the very bankruptcy laws that she helped to write. Um, But she also, going back to Katie Porter, she co-authored the book that they get the royalties off of. So don't tell me you have a problem with the cost of education while you're making money off the backs of the very students who are going into debt to pay for your book. You have the opportunity, especially as a millionaire, to make sure students don't pay excessively. And yet, here you are, happily taking those federal tax dollars. And I also understand some people come in, they cut a check, and they pay for it themselves. You are more than happy. Happy to make money off of that. Well, if
1: she was really kind-hearted and really cared about her students and really meant what she says in the past, then she would have given one book to each one of her students and said that this is required material for my class.
0: And it's a gift.
1: And it's a gift from me because I was fortunate enough that I co-authored a book. I've made enough money off of the book that I can help out. So talk about evil. So we talked last week about the very first mass shooter in a school. Yes. P- who was set to be uh, put up for parole this last week while he was denied in a seven-zero decision. Not only was he denied, he was told by them that he will spend the rest of his life in prison.
0: Probably because he's from the wrong state. If he was in California, they they would have probably handed him some money and helped set up shop outside of...
1: Well, we had talked about his mental state a little bit. Yes. Un- unsure because we didn't get a chance to look at the whole story. Well, apparently at the age of 14 when he did it, he was hearing voices and the voices told him to do what he did. Because he actually repeated it to the re, to the parole board that even though he's going through psychiatric counseling and he's taken meds, he would continue that and he would live at his parents' house. However, he's still hearing the same voices that he heard back when he was 14.
0: Well, that would be reason enough for me to deny him parole if I was. In and there were seven if, individuals that saw you, the same. If you still have the same condition that caused you to do what you did, And I did look into him a little bit because I wondered if he was, you know, friendless, loner, et cetera. But as you pointed out, I, I didn't realize the extent of his mental health issues, which is that he was hearing voices. But from what I read, a young lady who he shot and she is paralyzed, she's in a wheelchair, they were in the marching band together. And she said that they were friendly. They were on good terms. When she got shot. now I, I didn't again, know all of his mental health issues or the fact that the parole board had denied him. But it was just, um, so it wasn't the loner aspect that I guess I was kind of expecting. Not having friends, not an inability to make friends. He had an ability to make friends, but he has another mental health issue that he does not appear to be able to overcome so far with medication and uh therapy and treatment so to to kind of segue into the laws that we have on the books and things that we do that help or hurt so i wasn't aware of this until i started just a couple days ago looking at a particular state bill but after 19 children and two adults were killed in uvalde texas so that was a mass school shooting we had People across the spectrum talking about what we can do to either pull the guns out of people's hands, maybe make guns illegal, repeal the Second Amendment. I was hearing stuff all over the place from a wide variety of individuals. But two days after that shooting, the California State Senate passed Senate Bill 1273, which would remove the requirement for schools to notify law enforcement when a student makes a threat against the school. So what it would do is it would allow educators to decide when to notify law enforcement. And the claim is is that it would stop the unnecessary contact with the criminal justice system of said student. And it would decrease school-related law enforcement referrals, arrests, and keep students in school. And my thought is, how do you remove one component, one arm of referral. Now a teacher can decide, well, this threat didn't make me feel truly threatened, so I'm not going to refer the student to any law enforcement contact because I don't want them to have negative law enforcement contact and it ruined their life. But yet we are finding in many of these cases, even the one in Texas, Uvalde, even the um, school shooter out of Florida the, the Marjorie Stonemason school shooter is that they had either contact already with law enforcement, uh, the Marjorie Stonemason, uh, he was referred to the FBI, who ultimately did not pursue that um, referral. And then in Uvalde, in that area, they had repeated contact and he was out of control. And they did not, law enforcement and teachers did not make the appropriate referrals to stop him from being able to own the gun. So why would we in California stop the reporting requirements of teachers when it comes to threats against schools?
1: Well, I use my old line, they always create the problems. And they say they have the solutions or they're the fix. It's because they think they have kind and compassionate hearts and their hearts and compassion are in the wrong place.
0: It should be for the students that are going to be murdered because of what they don't do. And
1: the teachers that will potentially be shot as well.
0: Or other individuals. They don't have to, not everyone has to get murdered, but why would you, I guess you would be creating a problem so then you can get more mass shootings and then you could truly repeal 2A because that's your ultimate goal.
1: Well, I'm not banging on a teacher, knocking a teacher that has a liberal arts degree. That's good for going to college. But if a teacher has a liberal arts degree and they don't have a degree in psychology, I don't want them making a decision as to whether a kid needs to be looked at or not.
0: Refer them to a licensed psychologist.
1: Absolutely. And I understand kind of where where they want to go with it, but it's misplaced. They're thinking that the kid that goes to school, he's really PO'd. He had a bad day with his dad or his mom or, you know, they split up. And he's broken hearted and he goes into school, you know what, I'm just going to go through here and I'm going to beat the crap out of everybody or I'm going to go shoot somebody or something. When in reality, he's talking off the top of a hot head and he doesn't really mean what he's saying, but he's going to have a contact with law enforcement and that contact's going to work one way or the other. It's going to scare him straight and scare the bejesus out of him or he's going to carry that thing potentially one step further if he has any type of issues upstairs to where it may tip him off mental, mental wise
0: mental health issues. Yes, mental health
1: any mental health issues. But that's that's repetitive with these lawmakers. It's not just that, it's it's all these laws. If you look at the sum total of the parts and you look at all of them, 90% of the laws don't make sense.
0: No, they don't. And here in California, we actually spend the second most amount of money per prisoner compared to every other state. We have a 55 billion dollar Budget to use in corrections, and clearly, we're not getting it right.
1: We're not getting bang for our buck, just like working with the homeless.
0: We're not. So, I guess this, the state of Mississippi pays the lowest to 18408 408 per person, the average cost being 45000 California has paid $131,000 per person. And the number one spot actually goes to Wyoming, which is one hundred and thirty, almost $136,000 per inmate. So we are creating laws that aren't working. And then when we do actually arrest and imprison somebody, we are spending astronomical amounts of money. And then the recidivism rate is so high that we're just going to keep pumping them back into the prison system.
1: So you know who used to have the lowest of the lowest? Who's that? Arizona, Maricopa County. Sheriff down there used to put them in pink jumpsuits.
0: Do you know why they were in pink? Tell me. To stop them from stealing items from each other. Because then once everybody, no one had like the really nice stuff or yours is better than mine. Once everybody's was pink, nobody really wanted to steal it.
1: Sheriff so, Orpio down yes. there. Everybody hated him, but he had the lowest Residivism rate, I believe, by county in the entire country. And they weren't there to go to Club Med. They were there to be punished for their crime. Right,
0: they did chain gangs. He actually started, I think, the first female chain gang in the United States, because it used to be reserved just for men, but started a female chain gang, and he started housing them outside in tents. Uh, He basically said if our military men and women can go overseas and fight in the desert and and live in tents and so can prisoners
1: i slept in tents and you know 75 year old asbestos laden buildings so what's the difference and
0: no difference hundreds
1: of thousands of sailors and airmen and marines and army and coast guard have done it so why should a prisoner get to beat the you know what out of somebody or rob them or stab them or whatever and then get to have a free gym membership, free television, and three beautiful squares a day of food. They yeah, shouldn't. three
0: hots and a cot.
1: Yeah. They and shouldn't.
0: I, th- I think uh, he also went down to two meals per day as long as they had the correct number of calories per day. So he did like a brunch and a dinner, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Speaking of billions, our Congress is about to vote on another block of money for Ukraine.
0: It is never enough. It will never be enough. And I know we've touched on this repeatedly. I'm not saying I want anything bad to happen to another country. and But there's a point where we can't even pay for what we're paying for ourselves. And we have no control over that money either. We're just cutting checks and sending equipment. And it's going to be much like the COVID relief funds and all of that, where it is so misappropriated, but it doesn't matter because there's no recourse.
1: Right. And if this one is signed into law, which it will be signed by Biden, it'll give a total of $65 billion to Ukraine. The interesting thing with this money, though, is the fact that hidden within that bill, unless you read it.
0: There is always something hidden. What's hidden within this particular bill?
1: Afghan ally relocation
0: money. What does that have to do with Ukraine? Oh, we gotta, we always gotta hide it in some other bill because it couldn't get passed anyway.
1: Winter heating assistance.
0: Because we're running up your gas bill.
1: And winter crisis reauthorization.
0: Oh wow, we always have to have a crisis, don't we? If we are not creating it, we gotta we gotta figure out another way to have it because California is already taking steps to ban new natural gas furnaces and heaters. We want to go all electric, but we already have a problem with our our grid and being all electric. But hey, let's make sure that there's money for all the problems we're creating in every city and every state. Now, if they're creating the problems, then I guess financially they should help with the solutions. But that money is just going into the pockets of the millionaire and billionaire owners of um, various companies because that's what we're turning around and doing. Just like our gas prices here in the state of California are above $5 a gallon average, and we're about to get a check from good old Governor Newsom to help pay for that extra added cost in gas. Where is that money coming from? The so-called surplus. No, they took it from us, and now they're giving pennies back to us. And somehow we just need to look past that. So now inside this other bill, here's billions of dollars, and we're just going to move some money around. We're going to print it and move it around.
1: I'm speechless.
0: Sorry for my tangent. No,
1: that would be 100% correct.
0: So just in money that's been appropriated and misused, there was a huge scheme out of Minnesota in which 47 individuals have now been charged for a $250 million scam. California, we ordered a billion dollars worth of masks from China that I don't think we ever received. And then we started with other scams where um, the COVID relief funds that were supposed to go for unemployment assistance, like the extra bump in the unemployment assistance. So many stolen identities that they went and uh, then claimed funds for people who weren't unemployed, but they they stole their identity and then claimed their unemployment funds. And then you had other big scams. Um, who was it? Brett Favre and a welfare fraud scam. There was a one of the Power Rangers. So his name on the show was Jason, but I can't remember his actor name.
1: Go, go, Power Ranger.
0: From the 90s. He was also involved in a COVID relief fund, the, the PPP loans. So they weren't really loans. They were grants. They were grants to help keep people paid while the government shut down others. The requirement, though, was that you keep employees on the payroll. We had so many billions scammed there that we're talking billions, billions and billions and billions of dollars. And all of our leaders are acting like it's monopoly money and they can go just get more. They never have any accountability in any of this.
1: Because with the stroke of a pen, they'll just raise taxes. So, three quick things. Number one, when you get a refund, on your state tax, which is very seldom. Do you have to claim it the next year on your taxes?
0: So you have to claim, yes, that overpayment, because it's a refund of when you sent it and you claimed it on your federal taxes, you actually got a discount. So then your state, let me back up, you have a state and local tax discount. And you tell the feds, this is how much I paid in state taxes according to my W-2 or 1099, whatever forms you're using. If you cut checks individually each month to the state of California, you keep track of that. But you tell the feds, I paid this much money in state taxes. I paid this much money in local taxes. I paid this much money in property taxes right now per the Act that was signed when Trump was in office, the Tax Cut and Job Acts, is capped at $10,000. So if you say that you paid, let's just say you have state taxes only, you paid $10,000 in state taxes. So you get a discount on your federal taxes. Well, then California comes back and says, yeah, you paid $10,000, but really you only owed $8,000. So we refunded $2,000 to you. That $2,000 then has to be claimed the next year because you never technically paid your federal taxes on it in the first place. So
1: how much is the money that California is going to send for the fuel going to be?
0: Up to, the maximum is going to be 1050
1: Do you think you're going to have to claim that on your taxes the next year?
0: I wouldn't be surprised if they added it. You will have
1: to because some of the COVID money that people received, it actually, in lieu of their child credit,
0: Oh. Balance that
1: out. So anybody that believes that that is going to be free money.
0: Is in for a rude awakening. You're very
1: suspect and incorrect. So that's number one.
0: Yes, and it's 1050 for those who are uh, married, have at least one child, and make under $150,000, you will get the full thing.
1: Okay, roger that. So I believe that people, human, the human condition... are are inherently bad. Now, we just talked about all these bad people and all this corruption abound across the U.S. What say you?
0: Okay, I'm going to have to agree that people are bad, and part of that can be selfishness. We're not talking about actual narcissism, but I do believe that there are Good times, good deeds, good people, but as a whole, most people are bad.
1: The reason I bring this up, I actually watched a few minutes of a podcast today, and I've never watched this guy before, and his name's Piers Morgan.
0: He's a lefty out of the He's from England, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, he had a, I don't know if the guy's a doctor, I, I don't know, I don't even know his name, but it was interesting that he talked about Hitler and narcissism and sociopaths and getting people to follow you. In the direction he was going in the few minutes I watched, he was basically saying that almost every human has the same defect in them that Hitler had, that Stalin had, that all these, what most people would deem crazy. And to him, they weren't crazy. And he was talking about Leadership being able to bring people into a centralized government, and one of the very first steps is to get people, even husband on wife, wife on husband, to start ratting or telling on them to the central government. And that's how this collective starts getting pushed in together. And it's because of people's mindsets and something within them that triggers or switches that causes this whole thing to grow together.
0: Well, if you look at Nazism, socialized Nazism. Um, of the 30s and into the 40s, you had a group of government officials who demanded that students, young children, become conformist to the government, that they also rat out their parents if their parents aren't conforming to the government, and you have educators who played a role, an active role, in helping the reporting process. 100%
1: of his discussion today. It was very interesting. So let's go with a trivia question. Who, this week in 1960, had the first televised presidential debate? Kennedy. That's one.
0: And whoever lost against Kennedy?
1: Richard Nixon. Excellent. So in military news, another military tidbit. So there was a gentleman who lost the ability to walk during the iraq war so for a decade he was in a wheelchair because of an exoskeleton device invented by israel and just recently approved by the fda he is now able to stand up and walk wow and he said now it is the most incredible feeling to be able to stand up and see people eye to eye again i thought that was kind of cool
0: Well, thank you, Israel, for for making that exoskeleton so our military members can walk again.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, there was a run on toilet paper during COVID.
0: Uh, Yes. Yes, there was. And I bet you there are still people out there who will go their entire life without having to buy any more toilet paper. Well, I was a
1: little confused today because there was a report that all the Costco's in Florida are out of toilet paper.
0: Because of the hurricane, everybody's prepping.
1: Okay, so...
0: And then you can't get trucks in for deliveries because everything's going outbound. So what happens
1: during a hurricane?
0: So what... Rains, I mean, right? From my perspective, yes, there is Heavily. rains and, and wind.
1: And generally the waters rise, so you have flood waters.
0: Yes, wind-driven water.
1: Correct. So is toilet paper waterproof? No. Well, unless they're not asked to leave, and generally when municipalities flood the plumbing doesn't work
0: yes but you're also going to have people in other areas that aren't going to have the flood damage yes there's going to be some wind-driven water but they aren't going to have been as heavily hit and they still will be able to flush their toilets
1: well i just found it interesting that the only thing they could talk about in this article was the fact that toilet paper toilet paper okay what about canned goods beans rice uh Little propane cylinders for your Bunsen burners. Anything
0: else? Anybody do a run on anything besides toilet paper? We just all hung up so high Bottled water? Toilet paper that that's all we can talk about. So we've talked about Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and the Biden crime family.
1: Criminality.
0: So, so far we have seen the Democrats turn down any requests for documents on Hunter Biden. They will not allow it to go through the committee. So, they are turning down requests. Republicans have requested documents, and those in whichever department it's being requested from have turned down the requests because they also say only Democrats can request it. So, since it's coming from the GOP, they're not going to do it. And along with that, we have the Biden and Hunter Biden and Joe Biden looking into them. We can start to see all of the different areas of crime that has been committed, but yet we still have a government who refuses any investigation. And then the GOP says, well, if we win back the House in the 2020 midterms, then we will okay any investigation. And I'm thinking, why is this one-sided? And it's always one-sided. One side gets to decide what's investigated and what's not. So you can have crime and choose. And no adjudication. And no adjudication. But yet, I mean, the New York Attorney General has been saying since they went for the position that they were going to go after Trump. That that was her whole goal was to go after Trump. And we are now seeing the success of that. We see Trump getting either sued or investigated, getting subpoenaed, getting the FBI coming to his house, and it's across the spectrum, state, local, and federal. He cannot not be investigated with whomever. And if he's the most crime-riddled person out there, he absolutely should be investigated. And if he's committed crimes, he should be prosecuted. But here's my other caveat with this, you also need to treat everybody equally. So if he can be investigated, anyone at the top can be investigated. But that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing it actively impeded and shut down.
1: And even if the Republicans do win the House and Senate back? All the documentation is going to be shredded.
0: It's already destroyed.
1: Or the five-year, six-year, seven-year statute limitations is all going to run out. So nothing's going to happen. This is a big dog and pony show. This is what everybody talks about. Two or three different levels or sets of laws or rules. We live by one set. And trust me, you cheat, you're going to be punished. They do it in D.C. on a regular basis. Why do you think they don't vote to make D.C. a state?
0: Because that's where they hide out.
1: That is the hangout. That's the proverbial castle with the moat around it. That's where their protection is afforded. And only low-level congressmen and senators ever get punished or held to account. But if you're a long-termer or a lifer like uh, Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi or some of the other top dogs that have been there 30 years plus, they get away with everything. They never get held to account.
0: It's interesting when when some people do end up getting held to account, it does seem like it is not as high as they could have or should have gone.
1: No, and it's never dealt out proportionally.
0: No, it is not. So we have uh, an attorney, Tom Giriardi, who was the, the plaintiff for personal injury, and he made millions of dollars, but apparently he has been disbarred in the state of California because he mixed personal and, um,
1: business and pleasure,
0: business and pleasure. So apparently he was a high flyer in Democrat circles. He donated over $11,000 to Joe Biden, 62,000 to Barack Obama, 60,000 to Hillary Clinton, 66,000 to Gavin Newsom, 18,000 to Diane Feinstein and more like it. That's just the base number, but this is the money that he's donated. He was also responsible for helping to settle the class action lawsuit against PGE. If you remember Aaron Brockovich, mm-hmm. he was actually, um, even though Aaron Brockovich got famous for it, it was Girardi who made the case kind of behind, like came in behind the scenes. But he was a part of that, and so he has donated lots of money. And he was actually disbarred for mixing. Yeah,
1: he's out of flavor now, so he's next to go, or he's the one to go. Simply amazing.
0: It is. I. yeah. It is. So do you remember amazing.
1: that shooting in Las Vegas um, from the hotel, 2015.
0: I think it was after
1: that. Or after.
0: But yes, I do remember Anyway,
1: there was a guy just arrested in Northern California for threatening to do a Las Vegas-style shooting and to personally take out a bunch of officers. But fortunately, they caught on to his little scheme and arrested him this week, and he is being held over.
0: Did you know um, that Venice Beach has solved the homeless crisis?
1: They put them in houses?
0: So Los Angeles County... uh, gets a count from all of the cities within the county of the number of homeless, so that way they can see what's working, what's not working. Well, Venice Beach has been considered like ground zero for...
1: Who wouldn't want to live at Venice Beach?
0: The homeless crisis, right? It's got good weather, good area. Well, apparently, the data is flawed because it is being reported that... Venice Beach has a zero count for homeless. Well, if
1: you don't count them, it's zero.
0: I guess that would be it.
1: Apparently people have trouble with their numbers.
0: Yep. Yeah, if you don't get good numbers, you can't get a good idea of what's going on. What's
1: well, it's the same thing happening in, I believe, Virginia with the school district there. Because the way they certify by year the schools that are doing well and performing... They just came out with a number, which was, I think, 85% of the schools are doing fine, when, in fact, because of COVID, a bunch of the schools and kids are, are multiple years behind now. But they were asked to do the numbers a specific way, so it made them look better than they really are.
0: And it doesn't surprise, what is that, figures lie and liars figure? You can make numbers look any which way you want, especially if you drop certain data points. In this particular case, they just reported zero, so therefore they had none. That's all you have to do. And if you are relying on your city, your county, your state, or the feds to have the appropriate numbers so you can then make good data-driven decisions, something like that would skew it. And in fact, if Venice Beach really reported zero, they should get no money for the homeless. They've, they've cured it, right? Then if Everybody they start having a problem again- Everybody to look again, at that model. Yep. Yeah, they need to do what they do.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, one model that's being looked at or been looked at for the last few years is reparations.
0: That has been on the books for some years. California has a specific appointed group to look into reparations just for the state of California, never mind the reparations federally that that has been tossed about. Well, the
1: one interesting thing is we listen to a historian and an expert And she's in the news world over in England. And she has recently talked to news folks about how sad of a day it was, how important it is to look at this and to get it right, and how to make sure that we're looking at Africa and the slave trade as a whole and not just placing blame on countries and certain individuals. Because if you go back to slave times, she talks about the fact that the kings there in Africa were willingly putting their own people in cages and lining them up on the beaches to be taken. And people weren't just flocking there to steal them. There was a whole process here. And as she said, going back to the original supply chain. So there was a gentleman back in, I, don't know, I don't really want to call him gentleman but there was a guy back in that day from there that was the millionaire or billionaire of his time and he personally had for his own personal wealth 12,000 slaves. But that's a part of history that nobody ever talks about and we need to make sure That when we dive into this thing, we just don't start handing out money to hand out money. They go back to the beginning because in the day back then, anybody that could afford it or them or they had a slave. So it was the thing of the times.
0: So you can actually go back thousands of years and see this and you don't just have to be. I know the African slave trade was a very big part of U.S. history, too. But if you go back thousands of years um, and look at the Bible from a historical reference standpoint, it goes through and talks about different areas and what was going on. So if you go back to Jerusalem in 444 BC, so as the biblical side, Nehemiah felt called by God, to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. But if you look at the other side of what is being said in there, it talks about all of the individuals who became enslaved or were sold into servitude for a variety of reasons, but including financial reasons. Parents sold their daughters in order to pay off debts that they had at that time, and they were selling to other in this particular case, other Jewish individuals. So, Jewish individuals were holding in servitude other Jewish individuals. And you can see that. You can, you know, put the Bible aside. You can see that throughout history. That's just with one all of, ethnic groups, with all ethnic yes. groups, and then self to self outside of one's people. You can see it throughout history. And putting a stop to things is good, but then. When you go and you do a look back, how do you pick which bad was worse than which other bad thing? Bad slavery. Okay, this slavery was okay because I don't personally know anyone who was in Jerusalem in 444 BC. I can't trace my lineage back there so that it doesn't count. I don't know which side I would have been on. Or my other part of my family, when we were in Russia, we were Germans in Russia that they were the russia was actually conscripting people into service for wars when it was promised that they wouldn't do such a thing so that became a version of servitude and so our family fled from what they weren't supposed to be forced into so at which point do we say which thing is any they they had to give up everything when they fled and in fact when they were trying to get over ultimately to the united states they were robbed of all their possessions after they left. So where do we say okay and not okay? Historically.
1: Yeah, we can't pick winners and losers. We got to look at this as a, a bad part of history. Put it in museums.
0: We need to talk about it. We Talk need about it. it and we need to have it out there.
1: And move on. If it's a monetary value, okay, give everybody a dollar. Okay, how many people are in the world? Hand everybody one buck and say, okay. We're done with this. Let's move on to the next thing in our lives. Make sure something like that never happens again.
0: So going on to a different avenue, a different topic, we have the Little League World Series in which Hawaii won the Little League World Series. But another story that came out of that was a Little Leaguer who was injured by a bunk bed. So apparently he fell off the bunk bed in the middle of the night Thank goodness the bunkmate heard the kid fall, called for help, and got the kid to the hospital. Well, I mean, the Little Leaguer didn't get the kid to the hospital. The adults did. But got him to medical care because ultimately he needed surgery and his he was pretty badly injured. Well, I guess the parents are now suing the Little League World Series and everybody involved in that because the bunk bed did not have any bed rails on it. So there was no safety system in place, but it turns out that another little leaguer was injured in 2019. And part of the remedy for that particular case was that they were going to put bed rails on all the bunk beds. And it turns out that they didn't. So the parents are suing and they said part of the lawsuit is to get them to treat the kids safely, which includes having bed rails on bunk beds.
1: I've one better since little turds are, since little kids are irresponsible for the most part, and little 12-year-olds probably shouldn't be left in a room, two of them, because you know how boys can be. They need to have ground-level beds.
0: I believe that's what the Olympics had, too, so why not do that same type of thing where it's just a an individual bed, a single, not a bunk right. bed.
1: ground-level beds.
0: So in the the world of lawsuits and in veteran news, It turns out that Facebook has just lost a lawsuit from a combat veteran who sued. And the jury found that Facebook copied tech from the combat veteran's app and has awarded $175 million to the veteran. He's a former Green Beret. And apparently, he he personally was trying to solve a battlefield communication problem. And he created an app that would run off of a a certain manner. And And, and they (laughs) stole his app? Yes. So not only did they steal it, apparently they started going into talks of him selling the app to Facebook. So then they would own all the proprietary information. And so he gave them a look into what he did. So that way they could determine how much they would pay for it and all of that well, they took in a look at the they took a look at the proprietary information and then decided they weren't going to buy it and then turned around and made exactly what his app used. Nice
1: guys. Wow. Hey, speaking of veterans, there was a veteran up in Washington or Oregon that recently got caught using the HOV lane. He took a duffel bag Stuffed it full of blankets, put a hat on it, and that was his second person.
0: Nice. Not the most inventive. I mean, some people have used blow-up dolls, but I'll give you credit for a temp.
1: I was going to go there (laughs) because I had a young lad that worked for me a few years ago that got caught up in the Bay Area doing the exact same thing with a blow-up Barbie doll.
0: Can you say, like, I really truly believe they're real? No. No. So in other news, the Border Patrol has picked up at least a dozen people on the terrorist watch list in August alone. So in August of 2022, in attempts to try and cross the southern border, were at least a dozen people on a terror watch list. So that's our most secure borders ever. I'm glad that they caught them, but they don't catch everybody Many people get through. Those are only the ones that they caught. So we do have terrorists attempting to make it through the southern border. And they are hooking up with all of the people who are economic migrants and trying to pass themselves off as economic migrants and make it through.
1: Well, just like some news media outlets that I don't listen to because they do not speak the truth, I do listen to our White House press secretary because she absolutely speaks the truth. She told me last week, personally, oh, wait a minute, there was a lot of people in the room and I was watching the news. Wasn't personal. Wasn't personal. That it's the most secure border it's ever been.
0: Right. I mean, Kamala Harris said it. She gives her word salad responses, but Kamala Harris has said it. And so has Corrine Jean-Pierre. Corrine Jean-Pierre. So Corrine Jean-Pierre has also said that it, it is ultra secure.
1: Yes, and they're having to fix the previous administration's mistakes.
0: Right, everything that they did wrong, they have to, to go in and fix. And, well, let's talk about words that don't really mean what you think they mean for a second. Because also, we have the Inflation Reduction Act, which is an amazing bill. But do you know what John Carrier climate czar has to say about it?
1: That he's not sure if it's going to do anything for the climate?
0: I'm not sure how much it has to do with inflation because it's the inflation reduction act. Uh So he actually said, I'm not sure how much it has to do with inflation, but it's an amazing bill because of its climate related impact. So just as we talked about earlier with the Ukraine spending, we also have the inflation reduction act touted by John Kerry because it does more or It doesn't even reduce inflation. It actually is a bill on climate.
1: That gives people money to spend that they don't really deserve to spend. Yes. So I don't want to talk about COVID this week because I didn't get all of my ducks in a row. I only got half of them in a row. But one, one interesting tidbit of information. If you haven't watched the news, there was a recent study that talks about folks over 65 years of age that have had COVID and are now experiencing Alzheimer's symptoms. 64% of adults in the U S over 65 that have never had any type of symptom are now experiencing one type or the other of Alzheimer's.
0: Wow. That's huge.
1: And it's a large study because the study includes almost 4.8 4.8 million people.
0: That is a lot of people.
1: And I will continue their research along with others, and I will bring all of the 100% facts and numbers.
0: So a journalism group that we've talked about before is Project Veritas. So Project Veritas does a lot of what they call muckraking, and they go do investigative journalism in a variety of city states cities county states where they go undercover so they've gone undercover in a variety of areas to try and see what people say behind the scenes they they have a variety of tactics but they were recently in a trial and they have been ordered to pay a democratic consulting firm over one of their 2016 sting operations and what they've been or they've been ordered to pay $120,000 after the jury found that the organization was guilty on charges of breaking federal and Washington D.C. wiretapping laws and fraudulent misrepresentation they had an undercover reporter get a job with this consulting group and the job that they did was an internship they used a fake identity to make and then recorded what was happening inside this particular organization and then used it to expose the organization for what they were doing that's their journalism tactic is to do undercover reporting and this particular jury ruled that it was unlawful to record without permission of the other party
1: is that a law there
0: might be a law in dc
1: do they do that with all news outlets like cnn nbc msnbc abc fox if they go undercover and record somebody
0: you know i don't i i want to say no but i don't know that 100 percent um but something that is kind of interesting is With investigative reporting, if you told the person you're investigating exactly who you are and why you're there and what you think they did, do you think they're going to open up to you? No, and that's why it's called
1: undercover investigation. And if you're not doing anything illegal, it shouldn't matter to you.
0: Yeah, so I believe this is the first case that Project Veritas has lost in court. And it has been ordered to pay. They said they are going to appeal Appeal. it because it's a journalism tactic that if made illegal, then nobody could be investigated at all, which journalism has their little carve out. Yes, they do. It's
1: amazing. You go back quite a few years and you can look this up because it's quite an interesting story is when we had, I think he was from Massachusetts or somewhere back there, a congressman by the name of Barney Frank. Who, Is
0: that Dodd Frank, Barney Frank?
1: Yes. And he happened to be living with a guy that was using their apartment to traffic young kids. And I don't believe either one of them got in trouble. I believe it was kind of pushed under the carpet because he was never asked to resign or prosecuted or leave. or That story just kind of disappeared.
0: Thank you for listening. We look forward to hearing from you. So if you would like to get a hold of us, you can go to dirtsailor.co, dirtsailor.co, and you can find links to our Facebook and Instagram pages and also a link to our Podbean app. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcast.
1: Yes, and thanks for all the kind words, everybody, and look forward to chatting with you next week.
0: This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.